Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. As always, I am Michael Sherlock, your host. And as we get through this crazy first month of a brand new year with so much possibility, remember, we're all trying to make sure we have a very flexible mindset so that no matter what happens, no matter when things happen, no matter what it is or when things happen altogether, that we can remain as pliable as possible so that we can succeed through it. And my guest today is going to have some great advice for that, but also on some things that I know that we all suffer from. So we're going to talk a little bit about a bunch of things that really have piqued my interest about her bio. So Kathy Taylor with Herdwise Coaching is an executive coach for women. Although you men, that doesn't mean that you can stop listening because you'll find out that many of these things apply to you as well. But she works primarily with women who struggle with, um, I'm sure none of you who are listening have ever had any of these things, imposter syndrome, being overwhelmed, feeling like you have to and do play small. So again, men, women, I know there's a few of you, at least one or two of you who can relate to those. And she finds that perfectionism, people pleasing, and trying to prove yourself constantly holds us back from making a difference in the world. And I think that's really true. She does virtual coaching and also personal intensive retreats where she gets to have her clients do things like, oh, I don't know, play with horses. I can't wait to talk about that. And allow them in the process to reconnect their body and their mind. So thank you for joining me, Kathy. It's such a pleasure to have you as a guest. Thank you, Michael. I'm really glad to be here. This is going to be fun. I know, um, you know, we've talked, I've had guests before who've talked about imposter syndrome and it's always such a hot topic because I know we can all, we all at least one time or another have gone through it. Many struggle with it on and on, but that's not all that you do. But so I hit some of the highlights of your bio. You tell us in your own words, what do you do? You know, tell us about who you are, what, what you do, why you do it, and a little bit about how you help your clients to shock their potential. All right. Well, I started my current business, gosh, in 2009 with mostly uh, coaching and more of a really psychotherapy based model around using the horses, partnering with the horses, mm -hmm. quickly decided and realized that that was not um, financially a good decision from a business perspective mm -hmm. and shifted over to coaching where I could do more one-on-one -on -one work and invited people with the horses, but also coaching virtually. And the reason I do this is because I know I have played small for so long. And in fact, someone just asked me the other day, well, what do you do? And I said, well, it just, excuse my French, but it pisses me off when we play small <laughs> because we're, we're, we're so capable and we've got so many gifts. And when we don't share them, not only do we not, are we not able to express ourselves, but other people are not able to learn and glean and gain from us. And it's 
so this whole give receive process, the cycle of it just gets stopped. And I think if we can be a contribution, that's one of the things that we all want to be is to be a contribution to, to feel like we're making a difference in the world. And so that's what, that's, that's why I really love doing this work is to help people see their potential because we've always got those blind spots. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need somebody else to point it out and say, no, you're really great at that. And Hey, did, did you see this really amazing thing that you just did? And yes. they're like, no, you know, cause we think that whatever we can do really well is just, well, every, anybody else can do it. Right. And that's just not the case. It's so true. And, you know, talking about playing small, there, there are a couple different ways that this impacts you and not, not even just what you can offer the world, but what you do to your own potential when you play small. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, I've had a couple conversations lately with people who are trying to get better at negotiating and meaning negotiating their next salary or their next job. And just happened to be the two people that I was thinking of are women. And as I was talking to them about, you know, my advice and strategies for negotiating better, you know, we really had to talk constantly about why are you not trying to negotiate? You know, have you set yourself up to know what your expectations are of that company? Not just being thankful that they're giving you a job, but understanding what your value is and truly knowing your worth and knowing your value and bringing to that to the forefront. And when we play small, we we talk ourselves out of things, uh, men or women, doesn't matter. We can talk ourselves out of things mm-hmm. by not realizing and kind of moving into that bigger space that we can take up, even if it's just out of our own mind. Absolutely. We just, uh, we think we're not as capable. And, and to me, so part of playing small is maybe we think we are capable, but what happens if we are able to make that contribution um, you know, so it's hiding is, is, is safer because mm-hmm. I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to risk rejection. Um, I'm assuming that some of your folks are speakers out there. And mm-hmm. I know you are that, you know, public speaking, that's like everybody's biggest fear. Right. And because <laughs> truly, Except for us what crazy are, people. Yeah. Good. But what are we doing out there? We're exposing ourselves. We're saying, this is who I am. Will you accept me? And it's a scary place to be. But it's also a really powerful place to be if you can own that space. Yeah. Well, and to your point, it's, it's you know, sometimes people you're asking them, do you really have a, a fear of success or feel a fear of failure? Or do you have a fear of success or both? Mm-hmm. You know, because there can be little parts of that because there's, there's something about, well, what if I do it? You know, your point, what if I do it and I put myself out there? And it's even well-received, that means I have to do it or people now have different expectations of me. And we have such amazing ability to create these stories in our head that sometimes they, the stories get so loud, they keep us from moving past them. Do you find that with your clients? Oh yes. Our stories are (laughs) there. They always get in our way. And well, so I'm going to bring the horses in really quick here because Mm -hmm. that's one reason why the horses are helpful is because unlike us, they don't tell stories to themselves mm. about things, but we tell them all the time. So I can't tell you, probably I've had fewer clients not say this, but most of my clients come out and say some, some version of, oh, the horse doesn't like me because they walked away or because they're not paying attention to me or because whatever. So there's no riding in the program, just so you know that everybody's on the ground when they're, when they're doing this. And um, 
And it's always about the story that they're telling themselves. Like maybe the horse just wanted to go in a different place because it was hot and it had been there for a minute. Or, yeah. you know, a, a bird flew by and it got distracted. And so it kind of forgot about you. So all these stories that we tell ourselves just get in the way. And so mm. when we are able to pull that story back and then ask ourselves, is this really true in this moment? Or was it just true in the past? Oh, good. The horses help us stay in that moment. And because that's where they are. And then we can really evaluate, is this true right now? Or am I telling myself a story from the past? How can I find out what's really true right now and then move forward? Yeah, I just was writing that down because I think that's so good. Is this true in the moment right now? Or is it true in our past? And that's where a lot of us get hung up is those the stories from the past that we think keep repeating each other, but sometimes we have to recognize we're repeating it and then holding that, making that impact the, the present and the future. And when we tell ourselves too many stories mm -hmm. and we start believing them, it can be really hard to unwind those things. And I, I can, I can see that. So when you have somebody and I love the idea with the horses, I, I love, I absolutely love horses, I love riding them. I love being near them. Um, and they're very calming, I think. Uh, plus, they're bigger than us, so it kind of makes you know mm -hmm. makes you a little bit smaller in the world. But you know, when you're when you're with somebody, you're working with a client, and they're really struggling to get past some of these stories that they've told themselves for so long that they can't, maybe not can't, but aren't choosing to to move forward. How do you how do you help them get there? I mean, it's got to be hard for some people to try and reprogram and rewire. It is. Well, practice is my word for the year. And so it's just, you know, let's start a little practice. So we might start by backing up and saying, okay, let's, let's leave the horses for a minute. And can we get present in, in your own body? And what does that feel like? So what are, cause we we're so much in our Western culture up in our head. Mm -hmm. We think about things and everything is a cognitive solution. And we forget about all this wisdom that exists from our neck down because our body has been with us in every situation for our entire life. Oh yeah. And so our body's got a lot of wisdom in it, whether that's, um, you know, from trauma because our, you know, the body keeps the score as the book's title says, mm -hmm. but also, um, you know, it, so it remembers things and, but we just leave it on the table. So we've got all these great, you know, we are smart, we've got emotional intelligence, but why would you leave this body intelligence on the table? So how can you get back in touch with that, which is where your intuition lives and where your resilience lives, get back in touch with that. So we start by just by with a centering practice mm -hmm. or by moving our body and noticing what are the sensations that you're feeling. Even really simple things like how you hold your hands. And I know this is a podcast, so I don't know how well it will translate, <laughs> but, um, you know, you can hold your hands in different ways. And if you will just take a moment to, to notice what are you experiencing in that moment? So I've had people hold their hands sort of towards them and they feel like it's, um, it's sort of comforting and towards and about, about them. And if they mm -hmm. simply just then move their palms and face their palms up, sometimes it feels open and inviting other people. The same movement feels very exposing. So mm -hmm. it's all different, but it's our nervous systems are talking to us all the time. We just need to pay attention. 
Oh, that's really interesting. In fact, two things I was thinking about. I remember somebody asked me years ago, you know, how, why, how I could get up and speak in front of 1500 people. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm comfortable with it, but there are times when it gets nerve wracking, you know, if things are time is off and you can see, you know, you're not going to have as much time. You're trying to figure out what to cut out from your talk. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And so early on, I used to do where I'd take my uh, web of my, you know, right hand and I'd take my thumb and forefinger and you could hold it in front of you and not, you know, it doesn't look odd from the the audience, but mm. what you are doing is massaging a pressure point. And then that mm. releases some of your pressure. It releases some of your, you know, good endorphins. And it was just something I never even thought of until somebody asked me and I went, oh, I guess I do that all the time. Mm. But another thing that was popping into my head is last week we had a really stressful family situation mm. and it was all encompassing of my mind. And I was not, uh, I was not very clear and I know I wasn't sleeping very well. And I realized that my jaw was uh, so clenched tight. And I used to do that long ago when I was very stressed before I learned meditation and, and mindfulness practice. And, and I used to grind my teeth and clench my teeth. And it didn't even dawn on me until like the fifth day into this situation that I wasn't moving my jaw mm. and it hurt and it was tight. And so I had my, my husband, uh, before I went to bed on Saturday night, he, uh, massaged my, my just right, you know, there and my whatever, mm -hmm. whatever mandible or whatever yeah. that is, <laughs> I don't know, whatever that part is. I slept so well that night. I mean, it was far enough from the, the situation that there was some distance, mm -hmm. but that alone, I know I woke up, I could move my jaw. I slept so peacefully. I had good dreams. Mm -hmm. And the whole next day was like, I felt like a million dollars. I felt like, like I could tackle anything. And it was such a good reminder to your point that your body is constantly telling you something. Mm -hmm are you listening to it? I mean, yeah. I just knew I wasn't sleeping and all those things, but you know, just something in my body was saying, Hey, I'm just going to remind you that until you deal with this, mm -hmm. I'm going to torture you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I know. So, yeah, I mean, when you, when you work with people and you help them to find these, these breakthroughs for themselves, what's that like for them when they start to recognize that they can control a little bit more of their dialogue? Oh gosh, it makes a huge difference. Um, people have gone on to get promotions to, you know, they, they, um, one, one client I'm thinking of, she was really having a hard time with her boss and we did some of these things and she was able to get more present. And we did, there was one exercise that we did too, in particular. And she said, I just have a completely different perspective now on this. And I can see myself going in tomorrow and not being intimidated the way I've always been intimidated before because of the way that we have sort of looked at this thing in a from a different perspective. So it's, mm -hmm. it's always fun. That's my favorite part is when they have these ahas, I'm like, yes, you see it. <laughs> and that's the goal. They have to see it themselves. Mm -hmm. I love it. We hope that you are enjoying this episode of Shock Your Potential. We're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, 
public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z dot com. I think this fits well with, um, you know, with this theme for this month, because, you know, we all went into 2020 with such great, you know, hopes and plans. And I, you know, for so many of my guests and so many of my followers, it was, they were all, we were all like starting out on this like record breaking year and then everything tanked. And I think that there's something symbolic. I love the fact that, you know, you have this background in psychotherapy because I think it's something we need to recognize in our, of ourselves is yes, symbolically, we change the calendar here. We're in January and you're like, okay, it's a fresh start, but I know we're all a little hesitant. We're all playing small a little bit, I think. Mm. And, and the sense of how can we remain more mentally pliant, flexible, agile to get through not just this year, but to realize, I think that 2020 gave us all a really good wake up call to remember that we need to be more flexible because we never know what's going to happen. If we can learn anything from it, it should be that. So, you know, any advice on how people can truly stay flexible in their focus this entire year and beyond? Yeah, sure. So the image that came to mind as you were saying that was almost like we've been burned right? Mm. And we've got sort of new skin coming, coming out. And we don't really know how close to the fire we really want to get again. (laughs) And it's completely understandable, but that skin will grow and mature and it'll, you know, it'll flake off some layers. So, but my first, my first tip would be, and I'm, it might sound cliche, but it's, it's just so powerful is, is just gratitude. Mm. Just to be thankful for even small things you know, a smile that you received from somebody on the way to the grocery store or at the grocery store. I know with the mask, it's a little bit harder to tell, but you can tell when <laughs> someone's smiling with their eyes or not. Right. Right. And, um, you know, just to be grateful for, for little things. And if you can find a, a space where you can be grateful for things that might not be so normal, mm-hmm. you know, grateful for the way that thing that, the, the way things have happened and grateful for who you have around you. Those mm-hmm. are things that are um, ways you can be grateful. And the other one is just to practice being resilient. And again, it's practice. So mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's, you know, we talk about that comfort zone all the time. And so you don't, if you go too far out, then you don't, you do get burned and you just, mm-hmm. you want to retreat and go back in, but can you go just to the edge where it's just a little bit warm mm-hmm. and just peek over and stay there until your heart rate comes down and then take a breath. It doesn't have to come down all the way, but till it comes down, coming down a little bit and then take a breath and kind of back up and go back to where you feel safe and just rest there for a minute because this whole pattern is this oscillation is really important and then go back out because now your edges are a little bit bigger. Oh yeah. A little farther away. Yeah. And then come back in. And, and so throughout this way, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're getting, a little bit out and come back in a little further out and come back in. So it expands your, as we like to call it, your window of tolerance. Yes. For risk, for, uh, for fear, for all of those things, because we don't want to go jumping off the edge of the cliff, but to just do it a little bit at a time and to stay out there until your heart rate. And I say your heart rate, but it could be just whatever you measure to, you know, your frustration level, your anxiety level, whatever. When it comes mm-hmm. back down a little bit, 
like stay with it, stay with the, the craziness out there for just a little bit. If it starts going up, maybe you need to back down a little bit, but not all the way, but just take mm-hmm. the pressure off yourself just that little bit and then come back in and take that big breath and then start again. And that's really how you, how you build resilience. It's, it's just like a muscle. You don't start out yeah. lifting a hundred pounds. You start out with two pounds. Yeah, that's very true. I love that that uh, mental imagery of that too, because it's also maybe it's not even just fear or you know tolerance at times, but maybe it's even the cloudiness, like when things get stressful mm-hmm. and they happen, and you're like, wait, I can't even think anymore, you know, because all these things are bombarding me. And uh, one of the things I think I really learned last year was when I find myself in those situations, stop and get up and take a walk, mm-hmm. even if it's five minutes, just outside, just even up and down my stairs, if it was pouring down rain, just to have, to be physically in a different spot Mm -hmm. to kind of train my brain to say, okay, if you're getting frustrated right there, or you don't know where to go, or you've got too many things zinging in at you, you've got to change what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really helpful to me. I don't think I've... (laughs) I didn't get as many steps as I got the year prior because <laughs> for a long time we were not outside a lot, but it definitely started just the physical movement, got my brain functioning in a different way. Because for me, frankly, in 2020, it wasn't enough all the time to meditate. It wasn't enough always to, you know, to um, try and take it easy or turn off the TV and not watch the news so much. I needed other things like what you're talking about is to, you know, get yourself into different mental states so that maybe you could just look at things differently and see what, what you could do next. Yeah, exactly. That getting back into your body is so important. Going back into, into that, that rhythm of, of walking, our brains love that. When, when our neocortex is going ping, 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 yeah. right? Um, the, that's, that's the lower regions of our brain saying, hey, we need a little help here. And rhythm, movement, music, any, anything like that um, will help it calm down. And then your, then your neocortex can go, okay, I don't have to really freak out so much right. and you can get it back under control. So walking, running, listening to music, uh, drumming, anything like that, any sort of physical movement you can do is really, really good. Your brain loves that. Your whole nervous system does. Well, so let me ask you then too, how did you get into horses and using horses in part of your practice? when you can, when, when you can, and when it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, well, I've been a horse crazy girl since I was about five. Nice. And, um, in my Ted talk, I, I give one of the examples about how I got started in it, which is, I just got invited to this thing that I didn't know what it was, but it involved horses. So I thought, Hey, I'll go. And it was a way for me to work with horses, but I didn't have to be a trainer or a riding instructor, two things that I never really wanted to be. But people who knew nothing about horses and didn't have any relationship or understanding about horses could get these aha moments in a short amount of time that because they are experiential, they go into your body. Yes. It's hard to forget. It's like riding a bike. You don't forget how to ride a bike because it's this whole body experience. So I've got clients who uh, I'm thinking of one right now. She's, she came out and she worked with me about eight years ago. And she said, I still think about my time with Roxy Aww. and the lessons that she taught me. So it's, it's definitely something that, that sticks with you. It's interesting. It just made me think about, yeah, I, I love horses. I, I don't ride often, but you know, I got first introduced to them at camp and when mm-hmm. I probably was 
13 years old. And so I probably ridden maybe a dozen times, um, maybe a little bit more, but not much, but every time I, it's amazing to me. It's almost like if you go and you know, you're at a group and they're all getting a horse, the horse always seems to pick me. Like, Mm. you know, I don't get to go pick a horse. The horse just kind of wanders in my direction and everybody's always, they're like, and the last time I did this, um, the people who were organizing it, the guy was really surprised because a horse that they don't always use with people mm-hmm. came over right to me. And he's like, okay, now this horse can be a little hard to handle. And I'm like, this horse just picked me, no way. And we had, it was the greatest day, but I was, you know, I'm calm and I was excited and I, I felt I love animals. I feel like I've got a connection anyway, but mm-hmm. there was another woman that was on that trip and she was you know, you know, when you're around people and they're just trying to be a little too loud, mm. trying to, to ca- command their attention. And you know, it's really because they don't have any self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know? And she was just a little overly aggressive. And I remember watching her horse, like mm. move away from her and she's like, stay here. And she's trying to get on. And, and um, what really was interesting is she kept getting her horse near mine and I had the bigger horse. So I think it was almost like this you know, look, I'm going to take you on. I don't know. It was really weird. Mm. And she came over and she did something and she kind of yelled at her horse and her horse was a little bit ahead of me and her horse kicked back and kicked my uh, leg. And thank Mm. God I was wearing my cowboy boots because it got me right in the, you know, calf. Mm. And she didn't notice, you know, the people are like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. And and when she realized she was like mad at the horse, I can't believe that horse did that. I said, the horse didn't do that. And she went, what? I go, I'm fine. And everybody around me started laughing because I'm like, yeah, (laughs) the horse did not kick me. Okay. Literally the horse kicked me, but the horse didn't kick me because the horse wanted to kick me. The horse wants to get you off. (laughs) Yeah. She had a blind spot. (laughs) And ever since then, I was like, I love my horse. I even love that other horse. That horse knew what (laughs) Yeah, they, they, they know more about us than, than we do sometimes, I think. Oh, they're so beautiful. I love that you do this. I think it's really intriguing. And I know we're going to have all of your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they think that maybe you're going to be the one that, that, uh, that they will find to relate to for some executive coaching, what's the best way for them to find you? The best way is just go to my website. And that is herdwise, like herd the horse wiseleadershipcoaching.com. I love it. Very good play on words. I thought that might've been the case as well. (laughs) Well, before we go, Kathy, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, we've talked about it a little bit. I would just say as much as you can get back in touch with your body so that you embody the things that you want to be. You embody leadership, you embody confidence. It's not that you just want it or you're trying really hard to get it. You are it. And so that to me is what happens when you, when you balance and you integrate the thinking and the feeling and the doing is you embody things. And um, that's what we need to do in order to go to the next level. I love it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I am so glad that we had you on today. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. 
make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.